1: Hi everyone, I hope you had a great week this week Um, I know the podcast is a little bit delayed That's because I'm back to work now And I'm really busy again However, uh, we are back on track And uh, here is a fantastic episode with my guest DeAndre, the man who does everything My first American guest Very excited to have him Yeah, so enjoy the episode And if you are enjoying the episodes Which I am sure you are It would be really helpful if you could go on iTunes And give the podcast a 5 star review And a nice little comment to say what you like about the podcast that way it can be seen by more people and more people can hear it and the community of Champions of Happy can grow and grow and grow. Well, I'm not gonna talk anymore, but um, do that for me, cause you're my pals and uh, enjoy the episode of this podcast with DeAndre.
0: Hello, I'm so happy that you are able to have me here um, across the world. You're in the future. Nice. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and you're in the future. I love it.
1: You're my first uh, American guest um ever so thank you for Yay! arranging this I'm
0: all about breaking barriers and being the <laughs> first to do things so I'm glad
1: so you're Dallas Texas so it's seven o'clockish ish for me now it's now two ish for you it's one o'clock yeah in the oh, afternoon yes oh. oh my just trying to arrange this trying to work out the time difference which should have been a necessarily simple thing was hard enough for me I don't know why that was so difficult for me to get my head around but math, math is hard for mine. a lot of us right So normally I ask my guests to introduce themselves because you do so much. I want to give it a go. And if I miss anything out, let me know. So you are a model, lifestyle, wellness, influencer, entertainment, news, correspondent, filmmaker, husband, media guru, six foot seven, hunky man. Have I missed anything out?
0: That's pretty much it. Uh, Future president of the United States and maybe the world, perhaps. Who knows?
1: (laughs) I like it so you do it all um essentially i, I kind of want to get to um the core of this podcast is talking about what makes us happy and what brings us joy in life so from a from the beginning when you're a young and you're a child or a teen were you always very much doing a bit of everything
0: yeah, um, I uh, have always been like the entertainment one. I'm a middle child, so I have middle child syndrome. I don't know if y'all have that over there, but for <laughs> us, I have an older brother and a younger sister, and you know, sometimes middle kids get lost in the shuffle. So I was always the one who was ready to perform or to be in a play. Um, I played football and uh, American football in uh, junior high school and high school. And I was one of the kids. I was kind of like a high school musical type, where I would play football in the fall and do theater in the spring. <laughs> Zac, Efron so, yes, how Zac Efron of you. Yes, how's Zach Efron of me. Um, and so I'd always had this desire to kind of not only perform, but to tell stories. I think that at the crux, like the base of what a lot of us do as creative people is we tell stories. We tell it through different ways, through film, through song, through drag, if that's what you do. And so I've always been a big fan of storytelling and trying to figure out how I can both tell my story, but also how I can tell other people's stories. So um, I studied journalism and film in college. I've got a degree in there um, from those, uh, it's for, got for those nice. subjects. And um, yeah, I've worked the last. 10 or 12 years, both in agency life working um, in corporate video production marketing. Um, but I also do a lot of other things on the internet. Um, model sometimes, sign allegedly, legend. A legend the <laughs> one to be. <laughs> I do a lot of catalog work. So like when you're going to shop at the big and tall shops online, they're like, here's what this cardigan looks like. That's me on the department store webpage. Sometimes, not all the time
1: sometimes so Um, i'm normally the taller one in my group i'm six foot three but compared to you six foot seven i'm nothing i would love to meet you in real life because it's so rare that i get to meet people taller than me
0: (laughs) no random question for you uh so is do you use feet and inches to describe height only and other things or do you guys use kilometers for everything this is my learning portion of the podcast
1: Uh, I guess we use feet and inches for height mostly I suppose otherwise um, I suppose we use kilometers mostly but I tend to use miles though for distance but I know that's more of an American thing which is Sure
0: welcome welcome to the dark side we're we're happy to
1: have you When I go for my runs though if I do a mile I feel better because that's still that's longer than one kilometer so I'm like well I'd rather count it in miles because that way I know I've done a bit more
0: Yes. Um, Yeah, I'm 6'7". I'm big and tall. used to be a lot bigger. Um, About four or five years ago, I lost 150 pounds, which I don't know how many stone that is, but assume that it's a lot, (laughs) Um, uh, through diet and exercise. And now, um, about a year ago, I had loose skin removal surgery, which was very exciting, um, very dramatic, uh, but great results. And so I'm one of those people. I've lived a lot of different (laughs) lives in the past few years, uh, but I love it. I love
1: it. So uh, going go back to your family then. Are you are you all a tall family then? Or are you the tallest of the of- yes?
0: So um my parents are both tall, but not like uncommonly so. Um my dad is six foot and my mom is tall for a lady. She's like five ten. Um, my older brother is six five. I'm six seven. My younger sister is, I think, five eleven, somewhere around that. Um, but uh, in my extended family, we've got tall people, so uh, most of my cousins are, are between six and like six five. And then I've got a cousin who's like six nine. Um, he's the tall one. <laughs> nice.
1: So you're um, very often when I talk to my friends, my neck eventually hurts. Then uh, I guess that must be the same because your husband he's on the. He's not as tall as you. I'm going to say short because he's not short.
0: <laughs> he's a little tiny man at five foot eight. Um, <laughs> it's, one, of the, one of my favorite things is we went to a wedding. Um, a friend of mine um, married an NBA basketball player. And so we went to the wedding and the entire wedding is just full of people. Like the average height is like six, four. I was living, I was having the best time because I was like, I could hear all the conversations. Like everything's up in my level. I don't have to stoop down to try and hear what's going on. Um at one point I had to tell my friends whenever we go out to the club, like and they'd be talking to me, I'd be like, guys, y'all know I can't hear anything that y'all are saying because <laughs> it's all happening a foot under my uh, under my ear space. So uh yeah, it gets rough, but we make it, we deal with it.
1: Was basketball ever a thing you entertain the idea of doing? Mm, or was that never your I thing really? It.
0: Um, I played, uh, we have, here it's called YMCA League, which there's a song. YMCA, I Um, I played YMCA basketball. Thank you, I'm also a professional part-time karaoke singer. So you can hire me for that, bar mitzvahs and all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, No, I played YMCA basketball and I hated it. Um, I played football, didn't love it. until I tore my ACL. I had a few knee surgeries when I was in high school and that kind of squashed, Um, but I I didn't like sports. I played it because I was good at it like naturally because you put a big guy out there, you're gonna get some kind of positive result, hopefully. Um, But I never considered it as a viable career path and that's probably good because um, after I tore my ACL twice, um, you know, that means meant that professional sports were out of the question. But, um, luckily I, have I've always had, I guess, a little bit of smarts to fall back <laughs> on, um, and working in production, I somehow stumbled into, in the tens and the odds and the tens video became something that people needed and that people, companies were like, we need to figure out how to get video on um, how to produce it, how to package it, how to market it. And so, um, I've been pretty successful there. Nice.
1: Good. You're busy. I know. going from your social media feed, I can see you. You are a busy, busy man. Um, I, the thing that first drew me to you was your wedding flash mob video, which yes. to this date I think has. Correct me if I'm wrong. Round about five. Oh God, I can't remember my own writing now. Uh, five hundred and thirty-nine thousand nine hundred and fifty-eight views.
0: And that's just the YouTube views. We actually, um, it got licensed by you know. There's all these companies that they license. Like if you if you have a viral video, they like license it so they can reshoot it on other platforms or package it for television um, yeah. or other media outlets. And so, a Daily Mail, which I believe is from your people. The Daily Mail. It is. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, but it's a they, bit trash. Uh, but Yeah, they thing. licensed it and ran it on their Facebook page, and it has like 4 million views there. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm a for the Daily who, Mail for
1: that. For those who haven't seen the video, could you give us a, a brief description of it, and then we'll go into it?
0: Yeah, um, so um I started dating my husband. We've been in, oh gosh, our 10-year anniversary was in August this Oh, ah, congratulations. So we're like old domestic um couple, but we got engaged in 2016 and I did a big and this was like during the height of the proposal YouTube videos. Um, and so um I worked with uh a dance company and I lied to him and told him we were going to like a brunch that was gonna be filmed. So I I was like, there's gonna be cameras there, so make sure you look cute. Uh, (laughs) And I planned out this very elaborate, extensive, multi-costume change proposal to a Tegan and Sarah song. Um, And it just went wonderfully. Uh, It was was a really, really, really exciting time and I'm very glad that I did it. It came to me on a whim. um, And I, I spent about six months putting the pieces together and we did rehearsals with the dancers, we're doing costume changes because if there's anything I love, it's drama and it's spectacle. I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't love drama and spectacle.
1: It took six months to put together?
0: Well, I started to, um, I come from a production background and so I like for things to be very specific when I have a vision or an idea. And so I sat down and I kind of sketched out, all right, what does this look like and then what do i need to make it happen and so i have a good friend of mine who has a dance troupe uh and they are like experimental like artsy style dance like i don't even know how to describe it like they did this one performance and it was like 30 minutes in this abandoned warehouse and then at the end they just took like a vat of honey and poured it all over someone it's very experimental very out there, very interesting. I don't always get it, but I'm glad they make it because somebody gets it. I mean, it. you
1: do you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you do you. Um, but I reached out to her to, to get the dancers together. Um, and then I also invited all of our friends and family. So I reached out to some of his friends from college. I got my parents to drive up from Houston. I got his parents, his brothers, his sisters, nieces, nephews, um, and made it a big thing. So as the video goes and as it happens, um, what we did is we set him in the back of a car. And so he's driving and we're kind of, coming out and dancing in front of them. So as the song goes on, it's people that he would expect to be there, people who live in our city, but then it was like then as the song goes on it's, you know, people who he went to <laughs> college with, his brothers, his sisters, all these people. So it was a good time.
1: Did he have any idea? Like No. Like none. what did he think what you were doing when you were rehearsing and preparing and such?
0: Um I was at that time I was uh I had an improv troupe i had started a business with a friend of mine from college i'd done i did a lot of short prom, short form improv in college and we had a small business we had a small troupe, about eight or nine people um and we were in show season throughout the time when when i was planning so i'd be like hey i'm going to rehearsal um <laughs> hey i'm doing this um and I had all these plaza cause I, I had, uh, the biggest thing was these, I, I, wanted to have a marching band. I don't know why I was like, ah, a marching band. And I found these, someone was selling high school marching band uniforms on Craigslist. I remember I drove like 45 minutes to another city and he would only sell them to me in bulk. And he had, eight, he had 75 of them. He was like $200, you have to take all of them. And so I had 75 full, like, and if you, I don't, I don't know if they all do marching band the way we do marching band, but it's like the, the, the big hat with like a Better, like capes and like and like these outfits and at one point yeah, I was like hey sorry these are for one of our shows coming up in a few months I gotta stash these <laughs> here um, and I guess he found out what a good liar I am yeah had... I,
1: I, and maybe he's a little bit scared of how good at lying you are. I know. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, you know marriage for us was always something that was theoretically on the table I'm not a big fan of surprising people with marriage um, I think an engagement should be a surprise but not so much an intention of marriage um, and because you know uh, this type of thing isn't for everybody I of course a lot of the feedback was positive but there's people who are like what if he didn't want to have you know that or why did you have to do all that and I'm like you gotta know your relationship and you have to know the person that you're yeah I think you
1: know you you him well it. enough to know that he wouldn't go oh what are you doing <laughs> this is
0: terrible I hate it
1: like <laughs> 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 months down the drain but um <laughs> is he does he well because i've I've gone i've had a little stalk of his instagram he's a illustrator is that right
0: yes he's actually and this is low-key i don't so this is i don't know when this is coming out so who knows this might have to be super secret um but he is actually uh he has a publishing deal for his first children's book um coming out in the next few years so we're very excited about that um he's an author illustrator and um he's been working on this book for about the the past year or so, and he's gotten his own representation, and now um there's a, a book, uh, a, a big publisher that has signed on to publish it, and so he's in the early stages of that. I'm super excited for him.
1: That's amazing. Powerful. That's really really cool. Uh, and is he at all theatrical before me, or is he more less so <laughs> no. his thing? No.
0: <laughs> No, nah, uh, a lot of relationships have a good balance of yin and yang. Um, and I guess if I'm a whole lot of yang, he's a whole lot of yin. Because, <laughs> um, you know, balance is good. I don't think, I, I mean, I'm sure there are people who, who like this, but I, don't, I would never want to date myself. That's, there's a, there's a <laughs> lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't need to, me. And so it's good to have a good balance, I feel like, in a
1: relationship.
0: How'd you meet? Oh, in college. So I had just graduated. I had, I had just graduated, so I was no longer in college. But so he... your
1: college is a little different to ours. How old would you have been when you graduated college?
0: I graduated from college when I was 21.
1: Okay, so about you, our university time then.
0: University, yes. Um, uh, and I think for us, we use those terms kind of interchangeably, college and university. Mm. I think there's probably legit reasons, but generally that period of time that's post high school, before you're an adult. Um, we met at a house party. Um, I thought he was the cutest little thing. Oh.
1: And
0: 10 years later, here we are. We're still here. Good.
1: Oh, your college sweetheart, that's sweet. And how was, when did you actually tie the knot? When did you get married?
0: We got married in October of 2018. Um, so coming up on two
1: years. Where can you, how was your wedding? Where, where was it? Was it lovely? So we got uh
0: married in an area of Texas uh right outside of Austin, which is our state capital, um called Dripping Springs. It's uh we call it the hill country. And so it's an area that is very sort of wooded and kind of secluded in about an hour or so right outside of Austin, which is one of our biggest cities. And um uh the cool thing about our wedding, which which I mean, first off, it's a gay wedding, so it's fabulous. There's yeah. no rules. The are stunning. Those of us that, that's the best thing that I learned about it. Uh, the coolest thing about having a non-traditional wedding is that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. <laughs> so didn't, We didn't have a, a bridal party. We didn't do a first look. We did pretty much everything we wanted to. do. But we had beer burros. They're little donkeys that come around and they've got little things on their backs with beer, bottles of beer in it which is a nod to the region that's uh, in in that area of Texas, we've got a strong uh, Mexican influence. And so that's what they do at a lot of weddings. They have little mini donkeys come around with beer uh, for the guests. And that was just a little highlight um, for us, but it was a lovely time. We loved it. I love
1: beer and I love donkeys. That's a fantastic combination. They pooped all over the altar, by the way. (laughs) After you were done though, surely. After we were finished, after we were finished good not to poop on your on your marriage right um <laughs> so being from texas uh, you're born and raised tex- texan
0: born and raised houston texas uh, i was born in houston and i've been in dallas for 10 to 12
1: years so i've been to texas and the south oh god when would it would have been Maybe like 10 years ago roughly give or take um and i was a uh, my only knowledge of Texas and South America is from scary films and such. Uh, so I was a little bit nervous about going to Texas, especially being a gay. Um, your accent doesn't sound, in my head, what a Texan accent is is that oh, am it i doesn't. completely wrong oh there we go <laughs> hey
0: dad um the thing that uh so texas is southern but like not kind of uh it's te- so texas is its own like thing <laughs> texas is its own like place in the united states um our cities are very metropolitan so houston <laughs> dallas if, if you grow up in a big city like that you're going to be encountering people who you know are, are different you're going to have different accents um i also work in and, and uh, have occasionally worked in television on camera, and have kind of beat a lot of my accent out of myself. <laughs> if, you ever hear, if you ever hear what Beyonce sounded like before, like 2005, um, that's the Houston accent. Uh, that's how uh. how Beyonce talks. That's the Houston accent, which is very um, "Hey y'all, I'm DeAndre. I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, not not that hardcore, but um, yeah. At this point in my life, I, I guess I have an accent when I get very excited and people can tell but at this point I've beat it out of myself
1: (laughs) Uh, well I'm from the north of England uh, in Manchester but I don't have a Mancunian accent like at all very much because my parents well my dad was in the army when I was a child and we moved around a lot so I have what people think is a very generic posh in air brackets uh, accent so I, I definitely don't sound northern which is a bit more northern, like, I, I still mm-hmm. I can't actually do a northern accent. But it's a bit more lower and a bit more friendly. Kumbala. um, yes. that's, again, not even it. The Northerners are going to hear that. I think, what the hell is he saying? Um, <laughs> but I'm not quite southern enough to be southern. So I'm a weird kind of blend of them. You're special. I'm oh, special. special. So um, obviously, I, I don't know how things are in Texas and America currently for COVID and how lockdown is for you right now, but. Uh, is it very much masks on everywhere can you go out can you see people are there rules being enforced What's, I mean this is um, like covid podcast but just to give the a general welcome idea.
0: to the covid podcast oh, god fear be afraid um, uh so my husband and I and I have been quarantined since march i haven't been to a restaurant since we closed down um i wish i could say everybody else in the world was doing the same but um Cases right now are kind of at like a steady. I don't. I don't think we're like shooting up anymore, but we're not going down. Um, and so uh, I've been. Uh, my husband has because they've shut down all of sort of uh, government things. He works uh, at the library doing children's programming and things for for his nine to five. And so um, he was off work and at home, and he's going back in a few weeks. Um, I haven't been out to the club since March. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's wearing on me a little bit, um, but I know that there are people who are still going to bars and stuff, which is silly. I've, I have sort of mentally prepared to not do anything until like February, I think. Okay. That's just what I'm in the seeing, Um, Because every time, the thing that stuck the most is that I kept thinking that it was going to be over. Like when it first started, we first went in lockdown. I was like, okay, it'll just be a few weeks. And then a few weeks turned into months, and then a few months turned into three months, then four months. Um, and i found the hardest part was trying to be like oh i can't wait until everything is over and so now i'm just been like it's not going to be over until the future that's a little bit easier to
1: accept than just pushing back like oh it'll
0: be ready in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks
1: Mm -hmm. how has it affected your work and everything you do is is it been have you been doing a lot of stuff online are you still able to do your because obviously you work on a show called the real dallas Uh, have you been able to work on that
0: We have not, we've been on hiatus since COVID happened because, um, and like literally what's wild is the week before COVID happened, uh, before like COVID was like, hey, COVID's here and y'all need to stay inside and not go anywhere. Um, I was in Atlanta uh, doing a red carpet with Usher and Forrest Whitaker. Um, And then I was supposed to go to Tennessee to do something with a new Apple film with samuel l jackson and do an interview red carpet type thing there but then basically COVID like came in and it was like nope you're done um and of course people weren't sending celebrities to be around (laughs) normal people to get diseases um and so uh that was kind of rough uh because we felt like we were ramping up we were on episode four um and we were televised which is a big thing um, for us we were on tv
1: local tv but we were on tv hey it's on the screen that's all it gets
0: it's on the screen um and so we're still on hiatus but i've been able to get a lot of um in sort of this time of stillness i've been looking to try and figure out what i can do to further my on-camera career and so i've been doing a lot of brand collaborations um I, i get a lot of interest from the fashion side of things people like fashion big tall clothing um and i'm also working on i'm actually working on my own uh talk series talk show series on igtv um that is going to expand it going to examine the intersection of uh lgbt the lgbtq experience in advertising and marketing so i'm working on that with a company called queer media um and I'm excited about that. We're uh, starting production in two or three weeks. So hopefully things are starting to move a little bit faster.
1: Well, if they want to sponsor any podcasts, um, oh, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love a sponsor, please. I want, I yeah, like I'll let you
0: know. <laughs> I will pass on the good word.
1: At the moment, I get a mattress uh, sponsor. I know I've made it as a podcast. I feel like every podcast I listen yes. to, there's a mattress in yeah. there All Squarespace. I was like, that's what yes. I Yes. <laughs> You're there. You've arrived. You've made it or Fresh Eats, or anyone, just someone send me free stuff. I'm just, you know, I, like, I like packages in the mail. <laughs> I like stuff coming to me. Yes. Um, so uh, we touched on it very briefly before when we were talking about your weight loss journey. So you used to be 150 pounds, is that correct?
0: 400 pounds,
1: so let Four, me do sorry, some yes. quick math for pounds. you. Yes, so
0: let me do some math for you via Google. 400 pounds is how many stone? So I know that's how y'all operate 28.57 stone all right that's that's my attempt at doing math um, and I lost 10 stone 10.7 10. stone is, that, is this the accurate unit of measurement
1: yeah I mean audience? to be fair okay. this is gonna sound awful I, I've, I've never really had to until lockdown I've never really put on weight so this is interesting. Oh, to do. Ooh,
0: yes. Um. So about four years ago, I lost. Well, on the whole flip weight. side
1: of that, I've never been able to put muscle on either. So there, there's a there are pros and cons to that because I don't try hard enough. But uh, um, how, how yeah um, how long did it take you to do that? A year. Damn. I, I
0: and it, the thing is, I didn't set out to do it in a year, but it looked like like after I was doing it for like four or five months, I was like, oh hey, you're doing kind of good. I feel like you could. <laughs> I feel like you could do this, um, and I'm one of those people. I'm a big fan of, um, I'm a big fan of showing proof as opposed to talking about things. And so I didn't mm-hmm. post about it on social. I didn't. Um, I wasn't like, "Hey guys, come support me on my weight loss journey," um, because I I've read studies that say the act of posting something like that is it hits you in that spot where you feel like you've done something but you haven't actually um By saying, "Hey, I'm gonna lose weight," and then everyone comments on your post, they like, "Yes, you go, girl, you do it," but you haven't actually done it yet. And so I was kind of quiet, and I took to myself. And I mean, my coworkers you knew I was doing it. I would do things like I, I would calorie track. That was, that's the number one number one way that I did it. I would track all my calories. Um, and everything that I ate, and um, I was still working at an office at that point. I would always park as far away as I could from the door. I would always take stairs so for that so for that year, like I was like elevators are off limits. Um, I got a little fitbit and I was like every single day i 'm going to walk at least ten thousand steps and at the end of the year i 'd hit exactly i think i was I was exactly one hundred and fifty pounds down a year after I started um, which is really wild journey. It was not, it wasn't easy, but it was very simple. That's what I like to say. It was, it was not easy, but it was simple in that um, weight loss is unless you are obviously if you consult with your doctor and you've got different life issues, but weight loss is math. If you expend more than you take in, you're going to lose weight. Um, And if that doesn't work for you, you're either not being honest with yourself or, you should call Ripley's Believe It or Not because you're the first person in human history um, for whom that doesn't work. And obviously people have exacerbating circumstances, but in um, a year is a very, that's a, 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 an accelerated timeline and it wasn't something that I was trying to do, but um, I hit it and I'm very happy with myself.
1: What what sparked the desire to start it? Because you were a good looking man now, then you're a good looking man now. So what what really, what was the enforcement?
0: I don't know. I woke up one day and I was just like, I want to, do things differently. I'm a big, I, I guess I'm a fashion guy. I, I'm not, there are people who are actually fashion people on Instagram. I'm not one of them. I'm like a fake fashion person in that <laughs> I'm, I am. I belong to a subgroup to where there's not a lot of clothes choices, tall people, mm-hmm. big and tall people. And I like big, bold prints. I like loud colors. I like to to be creative with what I wear. And there's just not a lot of options in bigger sizes for that which is which is changing now um there's lots of great companies that are creating clothes that go up to you know even 10x um at the time that i lost weight i was in about a 4x now i'm in an xl um and so i just woke up one day and decided to do it and what was different than the other times in my life that i tried to lose weight was that i led with a diet first approach and the thing that's so funny to me people will be like hey deandre how did you lose Weight and whenever I tell them that I just count my calories and to go to the gym, I always see this look come across their face because everybody wants to know like what's the secret. Everybody wants to know like what is the thing in the gym that you do, like how many burpees mm-hmm. do you do a day? um And while I do believe fitness has its place in weight weight loss, 100%, there's a place for fitness and weight loss. A lot of people make the mistake of saying I want to lose weight let me go to the gym and spend all my energy there and the hard truth is that exercise is difficult it's hard yes um and especially if you're <laughs> someone especially if you're someone who has a lot of extra weight it's miserable I at this current state of my life I work out every single day I run about five miles a day which is something kilometers um and I do about an hour and a half of strength training. and app stuff everything but like the first 30 minutes is like trash I hate it I don't like it it's not enjoyable and I'm like in good shape at this point in my life and I do it every day so imagine being someone who's you know 50 60 70 100 pounds overweight and when you go to the gym and you spend all that mental and physical energy doing that because going to the gym is not only a physical thing you've got to be like all right, I got to get my mind right to go into this place that's new and scary and different and do things that are uncomfortable. And so I just tell people, take all that energy that you would spend in the gym. Oh, sorry, Siri thought I was talking to him. No one's talking to me, (laughs) Siri. Um, uh, Take all that energy that you would spend in the gym and put that towards your diet. But people, but it's hard because you can't sell people in action it's hard to sell, it's hard to tell people, it's easier to say, lose weight by going to the gym, as opposed to lose weight by not eating, if that makes any sense. So it's easy Mm -hmm. to sell people in action. It's easy to tell people, go do this thing. But when you tell them, don't do this, there's like a, a mental block in their mind. So I always see people, whenever I say, this is how I did it, I counted calories, I didn't go to the gym at all, I walked, um i like i wasn't running at that point because i was too heavy to run and so every day i would walk down my street after work um and that's the hard truth it's difficult but diet is always going to trump not trump exercise they work hand in hand together but if you're someone who needs to lose weight start in the kitchen not the gym
1: Uh, are you a meat eater vegan veggie tarragon i eat a lot of meat a a great deal of it (laughs) i'm not opposed we we go through periods
0: of time when we do we'll do like a meatless monday um and uh i do a lot of uh protein shakes um i try to be protein first with my day because i'm a big man and in order to kind of build muscle you have to take in a lot of protein but i'm also at odds with myself because i'm always trying to like lean up and so protein helps me do that i do a lot of protein shakes find a good protein shake (laughs) that's my recommendation tequila flavor that you like? I do. So I have a, um, you know, like some people have sensitivities to different types of fake sugar. Like uh, I don't care for Splenda, wh- whatever oh, yeah. Splenda is. Like uh, that gives me like a, a bad aftertaste. Um, and a lot of protein powders are, uh, they try to be like zero sugar or low sugar, which is fine if you're someone who needs to wash their sugar, but I don't. And so I go for one that has some sugar in it because if it doesn't have that fake sugar taste and if I'm drinking three of them a day, I want it to actually taste good. So I use one called Ascent um a scent protein powder and i'm a big fan of it i also like one called isocure protein powder So i'm a bro and i talk about my protein powders a lot
1: yeah dude yeah <laughs> yeah man <laughs> love yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> are you even working out with that one um so how has it been harder i mean I, I know i'm now i lean back to this but has it been harder to do working out and eating properly during covid because it's i feel like everyone's been having a lot of lower down days uh, is, so is has it been Hard not to lean back into bad habits and such?
0: The first like month of quarantine, I think uh I I feel like a lot of people went through the same thing, like the first month of quarantine. Not like a depression, but like a okay, what is this new world that we're in? Um, hard for me was that uh the gym we, we couldn't go to the gym anymore. And at that point I was doing five to six classes a week. I like to do group workouts, so like everybody's doing the same thing kind of on their own while the instructor leads. And so I went from, you know, being in the gym like six times a week and and I don't go into an office. So those were the only people I would see outside of my husband um, regularly to just being at home and not having a place to to work out. So for about a month and a half, I just kind of wallowed. I I was just like, what's going on in the world? And we couldn't go out to eat. And so we were ordering in and ordering out a lot. And after about a month and some change of that, I was like, okay, we got to get back on track. This thing is gonna last for a while. The gym isn't gonna open for for, for a long time. So I went back to one of my old favorites, uh, like uh, DVDs. Uh, we, have we have something called P90X, which is uh, by this guy who's, a, he's like a fun fitness guy, but he's like, I'm gonna train you and get you in shape. And I'm on, I think, uh, day like 75 of that. It's, it's been fun. It's been figuring out what we can do without being out with people obviously it's texas it's hot out here so working out outdoors is difficult i do an outdoor dance class on saturdays um uh, with a dance instructor we've moved it outside due to covid and um running is running for me is both a mental and physical well-being thing um i think a lot when i run i solve problems in my head uh, because sometimes uh, once you get past the difficulty of of running which the first like mile is always trash to be honest once you get past that and you break through that i kind of get into this like okay where does my mind want to wander while i'm running and i think about like you know production issues what are we going to film with this product next week how are we going to make this look good what are we going to do for this segment and so figured out the running and then i added in a little at-home workout and i'm feeling good and i look mm. good too and i you look, do look too. good
1: <laughs> you do. what kind of music doesn't tell you listen to when you run
0: honey Category is pop music, 100%. Uh. I can tell you what's on my workout playlist right now. Ariana Grande, RuPaul. I'm I'm looking at it literally right now. Ariana Grande, RuPaul, Britney Spears. Um, I think pop music is a, I think pop is like a perfect genre of music. It's not deep and it's not like profound all the time. But if you need to get your, butt moving <laughs> if you need to keep going you, if you, you can say arse. <laughs> if you need to get your your arse in your oh, sorry gear. Ass. <laughs> um, get your ass in gear um i am a big fan of pop music it's always going to be the divas nimi <laughs> lovato whitney houston mariah carey that's what gets me going
1: i might need to get this soundtrack from you my running has oh been yes not great recently and i did a 10k race last Saturday and my legs are killing me because I haven't been training and it's my own fault <laughs> and I have no one to blame but myself but my legs really hurt now. That's my own fault. Um, So with the weight loss was there a dramatic, not not dramatic but was with your husband did he like see you from being from one size to a different size? Did he like see a different did that affect anything? Because you went from looking one way to another or was it like not at all? He likes, he
0: likes me with a little jelly. He likes a little...
1: <laughs> like a little something to grab on to. i wish people um, could see this on the podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> i did a little i did a little shimmy and i grabbed all of my juice um no not really I, obviously when you go through a big train a big transformation or change like that mentally it's sometimes difficult because my self-image of my self-image of myself which feels like a redundant thing to say to say but my image of myself was always like six or eight months behind I think where it actually was. You see yourself every day in the mirror, so it's hard to see the changes. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really think I was looking different until one day it was like, damn. As I saw a picture of myself. I was like, who's oh wait, that's me. That's uh that is me that I've taken that, that that's in that photo. Um, and so we didn't have really any any big changes. I, I did see a big difference in the way that the world responded to me. Huh. Um, in the way that my interactions with people did. Um being conventional, I'm doing air quotes, being conventionally attractive, um, is a lot different than not, uh, the way that, uh, your interactions with people, people give you benefit of the doubt more often. People are friendlier. Um, and I was always, even when I was in my heaviest, I wasn't like, I was not like in a wheelchair, not that there's anything wrong with being in a wheelchair, but I was 400 pounds for someone who's six, seven is far different than 400 pounds for someone who's Five five. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in musicals when I was 400 pounds. I was in Hairspray in a lead role, playing a junior high schooler in my mid 20s in community at a community college performance. Um, And so, but before I lost weight, and so it wasn't that I was like you know hideous or inactive. I was just heavy. And so, especially you know in the gay community, the way people respond to you when Mm -hmm. you've got abs, and not that I have abs, I've got. What's I that even, like I wouldn't know. I, I don't have I don't have any of those things at this point. But you know, the way people respond to you is different. And that not that I didn't know, not that I didn't know that pretty people get things, but it helps put things into perspective for, for, for how the world works. The world is not always fair. The world does not treat everyone equitably. Um, that's kind of sad.
1: But it's life. But it's sad. It's sad. I have a really dirty question now for you. Um please. What is your favorite kind of takeaway? Ooh, ooh.
0: Um, <laughs> what do I <sighs> oh gosh. Uh we have pizza every two weeks. Every two weeks we get pizza from a place. Um I'm a burger boy. I like to eat burgers and fries a lot um i the, the way i currently have my diet set up is that sunday through thursday i calorie track and eat very responsibly and then like friday and saturday i do what i want uh, um i do what i want and so for <laughs> me pizza is pretty much the pinnacle of greatness for me i, I can almost always eat pizza Almost
1: a, a go-to topping
0: Ooh, i like these questions um <laughs> Generally, like, a, so we have one uh, from the place that we order at that's called the No tato and it is everything that would be on a baked potato, but on a pizza, and it's kind of a moment. It sounds like it would be weird, but it's a moment. Um, try it the next time you come to Texas. Um, but if I'm going ordering from like a regular place, like I'm a pepperoni, like sausage kind of guy, but I can get down with like a Hawaiian moment. I like a pineapple uh. on my pizza. I'm into it. I feel the fantasy. Oh,
1: that's true. <laughs> Each to their own. You do you. But you're Yes. <laughs> I, everyone
0: listening, try pineapple on your pizza. But like, it needs to be with the meat, like pineapple and pepperoni. It's a good time. Mm-hmm.
1: So when I was over in America, my favorite um, snack candy bar was Free Musketeers. And we just cannot get them over. Well, we have them over here, but they're not the same. And they're as the different. Ones. Yes, they they're different. The imports are not the same. And I was like, I literally, was, well, my teeth were rotted by the time I came back to the UK. But they were so good. Loved them. I, think could a uh, good moment. I love them so much. Um, so obviously you are a news correspondent. And going on your Instagram, I've seen that you've worked with some of the biggest stars in the biz. And most recently you did um, a news, uh, what you call it, a press junkie with mm-hmm. the Sonic movie. Uh, yes. And you got to interview Jim Carrey and James Marsden. How was that? It was pretty
0: fabulous. What uh, was really interesting. So those were my second rounds of interview, televised interviews, like ever. Um, my very first interview was with a Real Housewife of Dallas, which oh. I was like, "Oh, I've made it. I'm here. I'm with a Real Housewife <laughs> of Dallas, interviewing her in her home, discussing important things of the day." And then like. A few weeks after that, I was scheduled to be in LA for for work for the nine to five, and they're like, "Hey, we've got this Sonic press junket. Are you interested in doing?" It? And I was like, "Sure." And the, the the way it works with these things is like um, every show is trying to get like their people in front of the celebrities. It's not just like a given. You work with PR agencies, um, and you have to have like X amount of reach. You have to your show has to be on the air for this type of thing. There's all this stuff that I don't deal with. They're like, hey, so uh, we're not sure if you're going to be able to interview Jim uh, Jim Carrey. Jamie, we're not sure if you're going to be able to interview Jim Carrey, but (laughs) we might be able to get you in with Ben Schwartz, who was the voice of Sonic and also (laughs) on Parks and Recreation, and James Marsden. Because Jim Carrey is, there are certain celebrities who are at a point to where they don't have to do a lot of press if they don't want to. Like, his, like, so the other guy's interview blocks were, were like half a day, his window was like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, my first interview, the, the first interview that I filmed that day was with Ben Schwartz. He was lovely, he was kind. I was gesturing too much. and Because the way these press junkets work is that the people who are doing press for the movie will like book out an entire floor of a hotel and each celebrity will, like like conference rooms and stuff, and they'll mm-hmm. turn the conference room into like a little set with like cameras and stuff. And then you walk in, so it's it's like musical chairs, but the celebrities stay the same. So yeah. like the interviewers move in and out of each space, they just stay the same. My first one was with um, Ben Schwartz, the voice of Sonic, and he was very gracious, very kind. Um, as And you know this when you're interviewing people, as a person who's a professional interviewer. Um, some people are better at receiving questions and some people than other people and it was great because obviously they're celebrities they're press trained um and so all their responses were like perfect like 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 perfect like encapsulates everything that you want from the movie and whatnot and then i got to jim jim carrey and (laughs) i have this on tape somewhere but i sat down i was like hi i'm deandre from this channel in Dallas," and so excited to be here, and he was like, Man, it's early. I was like, Yes, it is yeah. early, Jim Carrey. And he was like, Uh, oh, you know, last night I was, and and I have this on tape, I need to release it at some point in my life. But he was like, Man, you know, uh, so last night I was out at dinner, um, with Dave Chappelle, you know, Dave, and I was like,
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah i, do. Yeah,
0: I of course. And so he started telling me the story about how ever since he became 45 or 50 or whatever age. Um, he has to go to bed early because he likes to wake up early. And the thing that, and so like, the thing that's wild about this is like, you go in, you sit down and there's someone behind the camera and they're like, you've got three minutes. And then they'll like flash up like a card and be like, you've got two minutes. And then they'll be like, wrap it up. And so I sit down and Jim Carrey just starts talking about unrelated movie things. And it's like eating into my time, but I'm like, I'm not going to tell Jim Carrey to stop talking about Dave Chappelle just for me and i look at it it was my first big big interview and and likely obviously you don't use the entire interview but i was just like looking at myself and i was just like oh great Uh yes yes well this wasn't the question that i had prepared to ask you first but of course we'll talk about dave chappelle and uh and, and and eating at his restaurant and so that was really cool i've been a big fan of jim carrey for a while um he's kind of on brand for me when it comes to boys i like and so the mask was a part of my general I'm not gonna say sexual awakening, but uh, I thought Jim Carrey was hot in the mask when I was growing up. And I mean I, I thought he like was hot in the mask as well. Um. Yeah. Um, and so that was fun. Jaden Marsden, obviously, I loved him in, I love him in Hairspray <laughs> because- Oh, I was gonna say kind of homosexual. Uh. Yeah, two different types of gays. I loved him in Hairspray. <laughs> um, and so I was really excited and that's the one that my um my mom was excited about because she likes that movie too and so um I felt very blessed uh and fortunate that I was like this is my second round of interviews and I'm like I can't really I mean this is the top this is it um and so yeah it was it was a great experience and something that I will always be able to say guess what I interviewed Jim Carrey and you didn't
1: not you specifically but the royal you (laughs) everyone else I mean, I've got him lined up for the podcast next week, so I don't know what you're talking about, actually, so...
0: Fabulous! I'll be tuning I in. Wish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I he's I can't remember what the name of his new latest show is, Um, it's where he plays like a type of puppet... Happy... Kid's TV person. Smiley
0: face, happy face, perhaps. Um, yeah,
1: I've started it, it's really good. It's a bit heavy, so you can't watch a lot of it all at once, but it's... Oh, God, it's great. Got puppets as well, which I love. So that always helps. Everybody um, loves <laughs> <has> puppets. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. So, uh, who would be? Were you a bit starstruck? Um. Or did you? Can you kind of keep your cool in those kind of situations?
0: Well, like I wasn't
1: like. W- There's part of me
0: that was like internally like, okay, you've got three minutes with Jim Carrey, and you need to like. Obviously, you've got to deliver a, a finished product <laughs> for your for your show, and so I was. Sitting outside of the room that was like Jim Carrey, and then when they're like, "All right, we're we're ready for you next," you know I mean? uh, that was kind of a moment. But I, I, they're gracious enough to know, and that's one cool thing. I guess having the opportunity to work with people who've been in this that industry for for a long time, they know how to put people at ease, and they know when. Because afterwards, I was like, "Hey, this is my first interview," and he's like, "You did a great job." I got a little oh. selfie with them, um, and so yeah, it was. I was nervous, but not to the point of, like, death, luckily.
1: (laughs) Who would be your absolute would-kill-to-interview dream? RuPaul Charles.
0: Oh, okay. Um, And or Beyoncé Giselle Knowles. Um, I've met RuPaul. I went to DragCon in 2017, maybe. I waited in line for three hours and paid $45 for a photo with RuPaul Charles. <laughs> I know, and I was the first, my husband and I were the first people in line. Uh, cause I was like, if I don't do anything else at this, cause uh, I was working on LA about a week a month at that point in my career. Uh, cause the company I worked for had an office out there. So I would fly out there. And my husband was coming down to visit me for the first time. And I was like, okay, well, let's find something to do while we're, while we're out. Let's do something. I was like, oh, my mm. God, dragons this weekend. And we, on a whim, decided to get VIP. I, I think I bought them from, like, a Facebook. Like, hey, I've got tickets to sell the drag Um And I was like, listen, if we don't do anything else, I'm getting a picture with RuPaul. Because, I mean, when else? In your life, you're gonna be able to do that. And I told him how much I enjoyed him in the Brady Bunch films, which if you uh, have seen the Brady Bunch movies, RuPaul has roles in that. And, I, and when I saw that when I was young, I was briefly obsessed with the Brady Bunch in the mid nineties. Um, but I thought that he was a woman. I didn't get any of the jokes of the film because obviously the joke is he's, a drag queen playing, uh, in the movie, he plays like a guidance counselor to one of the babies. Is that where
1: he says, you better work? Is that that film? Yes,
0: yes. Ah, I do, yes. And Jan, you better work. And of course, RuPaul is, Ru- RuPaul is like a 60 year old man who just wants to go out on his farm with his husband and do things. So he was just like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, okay, next, bye. Uh, but I would love to talk to RuPaul. Uh, I think he's made great changes um, to the landscape of our gay society—that <laughs> was a sentence that just went a lot of different places. He's made a big impact on the world, and I, mm. think I'd be interested to talk to him about
1: that. I bet he loved you though, because I know he likes his. Well, I don't know him personally, but from what I can tell, he likes his tall men. So yes, I and you I was taller you than him went, oh.
0: in our photo. I was taller than him, and he had on uh, a boot with a heel, so I was oh. like. Mm.
1: <laughs> what have your what have been some of your um go to sit down and watch during lockdown shows to watch then? What's kept you busy? Um, you
0: doing so doing? I am uh, first of all, I'm a TV person. Um, I host a television show about film, and I have a degree in film. But I, I don't like watch movies thing. unless, yeah, I, I don't I don't watch movies unless I am covering them or I'm really excited about them. I'm very much a TV person. Um, we. <laughs> So I always have a season of The Office in rotation. Always, I, I am always American have Office
1: or the British Office. The American Office. <gasps> uh,
0: I know. I need subtitles for the British one. I can't <laughs> one. Fair enough. Um, but I always have. I always have an episode of uh, The American Office in rotation. I Always have a season of Drag Race in rotation as background television noise. Um, we're talking about vintage things. Uh, for current shows, um, I was watching Insecure when it was airing. Love Insecure. There's an FXX show called Dave. I don't know if y'all get it over there, but I was quite enamored mm-hmm. with it um, about a rapper who goes by the name of Lil Dicky, um, but his real name's Dave. Uh, I, I tend to be a reality, light, comedy, serial, dramatic type person. Like, I, <laughs> Real Housewives, Uh, that's
1: where I live,
0: that's the type of entertainment that I watch. What about
1: you? Uh, Oh, God, we've binged so much TV. It's hard to, I can't even remember, actually put into words what we've actually watched recently. We're currently watching The Boys, which is really great. Oh, my husband's
0: watching that.
1: It's, because I'm a a massive Marvel fan and a massive geek. Mm -hmm. And so when we first Mm -hmm. watched the first series, I was like, oh, this is a lot darker to what I'm used to. But it's still, Mm -hmm. it's grown on me. I'm like, okay, I can get behind the blood and guts. We've watched all the RuPaul, from All Stars to the latest season to Canada. Um, How did you feel about Canada, the- by the way? I didn't like it, and I really hate saying that because um, I like all the Ru. I, it, it's weird because I think RuPaul's America was great. I think mm-hmm. All Stars is great. I thought art. I thought the UK version was pretty good for a first season, mm-hmm. and then Canada came along, and I was like, "Oh, this feels like a cheap, like it felt like very early America's Next Top Model standards type thing." It felt like.
0: And and I felt that about all of the first seasons of the the franchises. They all feel like the first season. Like they all they yeah. all have that feel like the first few seasons of drag race where things are a little bit lower budget. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the cast. I love the girls. I despise their choice to make the guest hudge the guest judge the host of the episode. I didn't
1: Yeah. A lot of different um, camera angles as well when the guest judge was talking. I was like, stick to one camera. And I think that's
0: to cover up the, I I think that's a weird choice in the first place to have a guest judge be the host of the show. I think they also suffered from having too many hosts. They had three main hosts plus Mm -hmm. auxiliary hosts, and they didn't even use them all the time. And the internet does not love Jeffrey Boyer Chapman at the moment.
1: No, which is a shame, but I can also kind of see why, but it's also a real shame I, I thought my opinion of him was very high
0: before
1: Canada's Drag Race it's just drop.
0: What I feel like the problem is, and not to digress too far, because I could talk about this forever, um, I think the problem with Jeffrey Borah Chapman on Canada's Drag Race is that he does not have credentials. And so when someone like Brooklyn Heights says, I hate this outfit, it's not good, we know that obviously she has a resume and a background in these things. I'm assuming Stacey McKenzie, I don't know much about her, she was on Canada's top model. Apparently she has a great runway walk, I'm into it. But it just felt like Jeffrey was just adding opinions that he couldn't really back up with mm-hmm. anything. And I hated his fashion and his makeup every single episode. And the thing that, that sucks is because he and I are similar body types. We have similar, um, we're kind of a similar type of person. And like everything he wore looks like something that I would wear if I didn't have a budget. It just didn't work for me at all. I hated his eye makeup. I hated all his outfits. I was—I I had very strong thoughts, but I loved the girls. I love—I love the cast. I hope they can fix that and figure it out. I mean, I,
1: if you haven't watched Canada's Drag Race, a so, uh, uh, spoiler coming up, so pause for five minutes or whatever. Um, what do you—you you happy with the winner? Yes, throw. I'm a fan.
0: Um, I thought the top three was an interesting top three. Not the top three that I foresaw, but um, I'm pleased with the winner. And, you know, it's a first season. I think they'll get better. I enjoyed British Drag Race, but I think the... Did you understand that? I think the references were too deep, and I think I Uh missed a lot of it. Because I would talk to my friends who um, are from the UK, and obviously I love the girls. I'm a big Cheryl Hole fan. Um... I feel like she was robbed from being in the top three. I didn't think that she was gonna win, but I thought that she should have been in the top three. Um, <laughs> uh, but I feel like the whole time, like they would say things that I'd be like, Ha 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 I get it, but I would feel like—do like, I really? Do I? like did you
1: have to Google who that snatch games were? Because that's what I have to do every single time. American a snatch game. I'm like, I don't know that that real um, I has some
0: of the people, but uh, most of them I had to Google, and then some of the references. Uh, obviously, I'm—I I think the biggest problem that my friends were from the UK who had had with it is that. Uh, RuPaul and Michelle kind of acted as American stand-ins for the audience to be like, what's that British thing or governor? Which I feel like probably <laughs> got old for y'all because RuPaul would be like, Britain, governor, crumpets. And I'm like, I, I know these people are tired of hearing y'all talk about this. Like that's all they have over there. But I enjoyed it. I'm excited for a second season um, of it. I thought it was, um, I feel like uh, someone, someone, uh, Said that uh, Jan from Drag Race season 12, if you watch, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Jan, Lemon, and Cheryl Hole are all the same person, but in different nationalities. They did like a makeup review together, and someone was like, um, "Oh, yes, yes." Lemon is basically Canadian Jan, and uh, uh, Jan is American Cheryl Hole
1: so I, I i feel like we could have our own RuPaul's Drag Race podcast but that there are enough of those as, as it is in the world to, look, <laughs> to add to that but what so this, my last RuPaul's Drag Race question is who were your favorite three drag queens that have come from the show
0: Ooh, i love this um Shangela Laquifa Wadley um close personal friend of mine in my mind uh <laughs> she is from she's from Dallas uh and so i've got love for my dallas girl and i think that she is just um i think the coolest thing about reality television is that people who are successful at it and people who can play that game and kind of elevate themselves from nowhere to somewhere And i think she's been a great example of someone who has put in the work um trixie mattel another close personal friend of mine in my head (laughs) um uh, uh, I have a friend who's actually friends with her, and we went and saw her stand-up special. She came to Dallas and did a stand-up, and oh wow. and it was fabulous! I loved it. Um, and Alaska and Alyssa. Those I can't. I can't just say three. <laughs> I, I love Alaska. Um, I think a lot of the queens, All Stars too, and this is of course there's other drag racing, but. The girls who are on All Stars benefit from getting that second dose of us being able to enjoy them and understand them and be able to love them a little bit more. And so those are girls who, if they come to my city, I'm going to pay my coin to go see them. What about you? Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, God, I feel like I'm going to forget someone. So I feel I should have really looked this up before I asked the question. But the ones that jumped to mind are probably Adore, Jinx, Sharon anyone with a little bit more punk edge to them but I also mm. like I also like the, the funny ones like Bianca and Trixie and yeah anyone who's just a bit dumb and doesn't take them too serious but then I go on Instagram and I see all the gorgeous looking ones like Nikki mm. Dole and it's a, it's a, they all do something I guess but yeah give me someone with a bit of punk edge rock and I'm like yeah okay that's the kind of drag queen I would like to be have, have you ever done drag
0: no, um, I very much subscribe to RuPaul's notion that everything that we do is drag. So, and I, I feel like every every time I go on a photo shoot, anytime I'm in front of the camera and I'm like wearing makeup and like, you know, clothes. Because when you're modeling and when you're doing things, you're someone else. That's, that's something that was hard for me to, when I first started modeling because um, I would, uh, my agency set me up to get photos done um, to basically emulate the look that they would be selling me for which um i work with jc penny which i don't know if that's a retailer that you guys have
1: but it's, a it's not mine. i know what it is yeah
0: the department store and they're kind of on the decline but um i remember i was getting these pictures done and they had picked out these clothes and i just felt like somebody's straight uncle like i oh. felt like <laughs> I, I i mean because that's the look that's the big and tall look you're like the cool uncle or like the dad or something like that. And I'm like, this is, li-. and, and I, was, I was kind of pressing back against the clothing choices. They're like, this isn't like you. You're not selling yourself. You're selling the image that mm-hmm. we're trying to market you as. And so I have never done a full drag moment. I feel like I'd be great at it. I feel like I'd be gorgeous, fierce, face, body, yadi yaddy, all of that. What about you?
1: I've done it. So I'm part of a choir called the London Gay Men's Chorus. And Ooh. Every, free year, well, every year, we're meant to do a drag pub crawl. So we all go to someone's house. Every, there's like 30 of us, 40 of us all get crammed into his house. We all put drag on. There's always a theme. I've done it three times. The first time I did it was awful. Uh, the second time I did it was a 1940s flapper kind of vibe, much better. Yeah. And the most recent one was a Playboy Bunny one. And I, not to toot my own horn, I look pretty hot. Um I'm into it. so it was we were meant to do one this year, but obviously it got cancelled. And the theme this year was whatever you wanted. And I was like, oh cool. I had so many ideas. I had a Pinterest, I had a mood board. So next year, maybe next year. But I, next I've been year. I'm I'm never good at getting my eyebrows down. Like I just don't know how yeah. they do it. It's just I don't understand. And I have quite thin eyebrows, so I thought I'd be able to master that quite simply. But it's a it's hard and it's expensive as well. It's hard yeah. to justify buying something for one day. And I'm like, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Uh how do you it's, uh, I know we're still talking about drag, but have you watched uh, Shangela and Bob's and Eureka's show We're Here? I
0: have, yes. Uh where they go throughout the country in exciting looking vehicles and uh get people to drag. I think it's fabulous. I love it.
1: Mm, I cried so much. I I I, yeah. I I I happy tears, but also like oh, so emotional. I'm a big sop and big wimp. But um, so we've talked about your TV stuff. and so what's the do we talk about the current times? What's the future for you? Uh, was that a really feature? open
0: question? Oh no,
1: <laughs> I am currently
0: fun unemployed. Um, I worked uh, as the head of video production for a pretty big multi city digital marketing agency, and COVID hit us pretty hard. Um, and mm. so they closed down one of our offices. And, and I was, I mean, obviously, when you lose your job, you're there's emotion there, unless you hated your job. But I've been there for seven years um and so uh i was kind of like all right i took some time to you know wallow a little bit what was me um but then i was like all right what am i gonna do what what is the next thing for me and so uh right now i've been working um with a couple of different uh i guess they're like influencer agencies i don't know how exactly what how to describe them i'm not signed to them but uh they connect me with opportunities for brands who are looking to connect to the lgbtq community um obviously i'm obviously i'm still a model <laughs> um but those things are starting to ramp back up as people figure out COVID and figure out what types of shoots and things people are doing so hopefully more shoots in the future and i am working on a show that is in pre-production and igtv interview series where we discuss the intersection of the LGBTQ experience with advertising and marketing. Um, Actually, one of my goals, and and who knows if this is gonna happen, so maybe I'll be able to look back on this show and say, hey, Um, it worked out. But I'm working on trying to get a segment with Kennedy Davenport, the dancing of Texas. Um, She is a friend of a friend, and she has a weekly brunch show, um, actually right down the street from my apartment. So I think we're gonna try and do a segment and try to see what drag is like, in the age of COVID, because the girls do like the they do like the clear face masks, mm-hmm. and like it's changed the culture of how they take the money, how they interact with the crowd, and I think that's really interesting. And so, hopefully, things like that. Um, and another guest that we have slated, um, the people who were initially, and I, I don't know if this will translate well for for you guys, but there's a car company called Subaru in America, and in the late '90s, early 2000s, they started to realize that lesbians were. A growing part of their demographic like somehow their vehicles became associated with lesbians um they're very rugged vehicles they're very capable vehicles and someone in their marketing department was like hey i feel like if we spent some time and reached out to this demographic meet them where they are you know this could be successful and so they launched this uh this campaign and increased their visibility and their market share amongst LGBTQ community just by being intentional. And so um, we're hoping to get the people who did that campaign in the 2000s to come on and talk. And so um, hopefully, good things on the horizon, exciting things. I'm mostly just taking it day by day until hopefully COVID is over, which who knows when that's going to be, but um, taking it step by step, day by day.
1: Day by time That's all we can do That's all we can do so if people don't know how to find you already how can they find you online
0: you can find me on the internet the internet uh my website is <laughs> deandrethegiant.com very infrequently updated but it's got all my current info um and of course instagram hey it's deandre that's where you can find all the good stuff the best stuff that's where the good stuff is
1: well, we have come to the end, uh, but thank you very much Deandre for your time and for sharing your love and your joy with me. This has been an absolute pleasure. This has been really fun. Yay! Um, Loved it. So um, I will will say adieu now. Uh, cheerio, as we say in, in the England lands. Um, Gavna. Gavna. Um, I'm trying to think what you say in Texas. Like Yeehaw. that's. that's, that's, that's uh, what would you say it was a goodbye thing. And... I guess
0: howdy is, is, is a greeting. Um, see y'all later
1: see y'all see y'all no i'm not gonna be an offensive see um, see
0: y'all later
1: see y'all later well thank you again and uh, we'll call it a day thank you so much bye. good to chat with you Yomi. bye acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend